right? Galatians 5, 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. You may sit down. Okay, well, in order to not make things simple, I uh, have three definitions of faithfulness. So uh, I say that jokingly, but faithfulness is, is probably my favorite characteristic of God. Like, he's omnipresent. He can be anywhere. Omniscient. He knows it all. He's all-powerful. I mean, a lot of great things about God. But when we talk about faithfulness, for me, I, I probably get the most excited. Um, and that's because he is faithful to himself, he will be faithful to us. And so let me geek out here with, uh, with some Greek and some, some Galatians 5 here. Faith in, in Galatians comes off the word pistis, which simply means the conviction, a deep belief in God. That's, that's what we have, that's what we bring to God. We, we bring our faith, how small it is, how big it is, and we submit it to God and and this really changes our lives, yes? Then we're faithful. There's uh, pistos. Um, and I went to the, the great works of YouTube to figure out how to say these words. So I'm completely accurate. Just kidding. Um, pistos. And it's a deep belief in the one we follow that compels us to be trustworthy and reliable. So we're, we're given this faith. We're injected with faith as we believe in Christ. And really, faithfulness is just the steps that follow. It's how we go, how we move with the faith that we have, how it affects our day-to-day. It's the moment you open your word, the word of God, and it changes because it does not leave void our heart. It's the way that we call out to God in prayer, and he hears us, and he meets our needs, and his presence dwells with us. Culturally, I would say that faithfulness can be synonymous with being trustworthy and dependable. Like if you say you have a faithful friend, that means he's trustworthy. It means you can call them and they'll answer. They're dependable. They'll come through. They're honest and integrous. This this is what I think culturally we would say about someone that's faithful. And they're not a cheat or deceptive. I would say that uh, culturally, faithfulness is a relational currency. If I feel that you're a faithful person or you feel that I'm a faithful person, chances are we'll go deeper in friendship. The moment that we see there's a cheat or deceit, we kind of step back. And we say, "Uh, you can play basketball with me, but I'm not going to tell you how life is going. And so culturally, we want faithfulness. Although we know it's a battle with our culture as well. Lastly, um, Here's my definition, but it's not really mine. It was poked around with some good uh, input. So I just put my name on there. But it's, I, I don't deserve that credit. Um, and faithfulness is being full of faith. It isn't just, I've got faith. I know there's a God. It's like you're seeing how things can be. You have vision for your life. 
you see what the world the way God sees it. There's a real strength in there because just with seeing the world, it can get a little sad and you can lose hope. But with seeing the way that God sees things, you get longevity and able to do so, able to go further out. I, I threw in here uh, being faithful for a significant amount of time through various seasons, the highs and lows of life. We're assured highs and lows. But more importantly, we're assured that God is with us. Uh, faithfulness is beautiful. What I love about faithfulness is that as a fruit of the spirit, it doesn't matter your socioeconomic situation, your culture, your race. We value faithfulness. Um, we consider our lives being rich and full with faithfulness. In some ways, all you need is one good friend to make it, you know. And in its loyalty we're looking for, we're looking for high value. We, we give that high value. When we marry, we take vows of faithfulness and are brokenhearted if they're not filled. I'm a sports fan. I like basketball right now. It's free agency season. Trades are happening. And it breaks my heart when someone leaves the team that you really like. You're like, man, could you just be faithful a little longer there? I don't even buy jerseys anymore for that reason. It's like my favorite player is going to get moved because he's going to get paid better or because they were mean to him. I don't know. Um, but I would agree that or I would argue that faithfulness, once again, is a social currency in its own. I mean, we live in a time where we call people fake. I mean, it's probably the younger generation. I don't know if you've ever said that word. Um, but um, we, we do that. It's like, oh, that's a fake friend. Okay, um, And we do that because there's something inside of us that's like, I, I want someone to be permanent. And the beautiful thing is that God is faithful. Yeah, I would say the fastest way to worship is you just close your eyes or you keep them open. I don't know, it's up to you. But you start thinking about how God has come through over and over again. And you start getting some fervor in your heart. You start realizing that what's in front of you is small. It's not as big as what it could be and that God is bigger. But like anything good that is from God, there's a war on it. Um, I don't think we're a church that spends a lot of time talking about uh, the devil. The devil made me do it, right? It's not a phrase that usually comes out of our mouths. Um, if you were to tell me that, I might not believe you. Uh, <laughs> the devil made me do it. Um, but, but it is, with faithfulness, there is a war against it. Whether it's our flesh, the devil, or the world, there is a real force against faithfulness. Um, as a people, as a culture, as I meditated on this uh, topic, I just, the one thing I was certain of was that we are unfaithful people. Like, I know that for my own heart. I know that the greatest loyalty that I make to myself is to myself. And if it isn't by the Holy Spirit's power, we lean just into that. What's, what's best for me? How am I going to progress forward? We leave jobs where we don't think management is faithful to our career goals or our growth. Uh, we leave relationships or don't feed relationships that are unfavorable, uncomfortable, or challenging. Uh, it's easier to detach and disconnect instead of getting the grimy business of 
cleaning up our mess and reconciling towards openness in a vulnerable position. Unredeemed, so that's just fighting our flesh, man. That's just like waking up to the morning. What do I want to do today? You know? Um, unredeemed culture, the world and the devil tells you to be true to yourself. Because, gosh darn it, there's no one as unique as you. No one that's going to charter and be a pioneer like you. Just like everyone else, right? And there's a real sense of, of the world just pulling that. Why not be unfaithful? Why not gossip? Why not be overly critical? Why not be a cynic of others and their actions because we know their intentions? Why not carry unbelief and a lack of hope? Because no one is faithful. We're all out to seek our own. And there's a real sense in the world that it can just drive that message. And we can hear it and we can believe it. Well, that, that friend's not going to stick around much. Let me be faithful to myself. Let me be my own person. But that's the beauty of God, isn't it? That he comes and he wrecks that. You get here on a Sunday morning. You get to chat and have a conversation with someone else that lifts you up as a friend, as a brother and sister in Christ. You get to hear someone share the word of God. You get a bigger vision for our lives. There's a real sense of going beyond us. Uh, we live in the Western Hemisphere. We're in the Western culture. Last I've gone to houses, I've not seen little idols and gods, lowercase g's. You know, it's really mindsets and ideas, visions of a better, more blissful life that we're going after and submitting our lives to God. We are so engaged and distracted by the world, the enemy, and the flesh. Luckily for us, we have an example that if we behold, renews our minds and awakens our spirits, and that is God. Hopefully I'm pointing, uh, painting a really great picture of God and his faithfulness and really the, the grimy world that we live in and even, even our own hearts unsubmitted to God. But the beautiful thing is that we've got this history book that's more than just a history book. And in it, we see God show up over and over and over again and deal with messy people just like us and show up and meet us. My study went just as far as the Old Testament, even not all of it. And I, I just wanted to say these kind of quick points because God is faithful. God is faithful to choose to make humanity in Genesis 1, Adam and Eve, right? They're made, and by chapter 3, they've messed up the world. You know, they, they follow the devil. And, and in that, God chooses to dress them, chooses to break their shame, and chooses to make him his people again and again. In Genesis 12, God calls Abraham to leave his home, to be faithful to him. And he tells them, if you do so, your family, your ancestors will be a blessing to all families, to all people. He is faithful to commit himself to humanity through this family. In Genesis 18, 25, and 30, he is faithful to open the wombs of Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. I remember reading these passages and thinking, like, in these three chapters, am I reading the same thing? Like, it's just different names, Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. But I think as I felt like I got, like, a download from the Lord if I could say it that way, is that he's faithful. And even as there's barriers in the way, he's faithful to meet his people. If he said, 
Abraham, it's your lineage I'm choosing. He shows up as many times as he needs to. Because he will be faithful to himself. And in that, he'll be faithful to us. Uh, God is faithful to Abraham's ancestors. Once again, I wish that I knew their last name. Then I could say, this family has been touched by the Lord. We're not giving their last name. Um, and they're Israelites. Yeah? Okay. So his, Abraham's ancestors, uh, God is faithful to meet them in famine. After, right? After his, I think his great-grandchildren uh, throw one in a, in a pit waiting for him to die. And then he gets taken as a slave. But this brother, uh, Joseph, is actually waiting for them, his family, in Egypt. He's gone through a terrible life. You could read that through Genesis 37 to 50. And he's actually waiting there to care for his family, although he still has to struggle through unforgiveness. God is faithful with his people, even in the messiness of life. After that... Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, now called the Israelites, have had multiple generations in Egypt. Now they're slaves. And God, through his choosing, chooses Moses to lead his people and showcase multiple wonders and miracles. A couple more here. In the desert, God provides food, shelter. Numbers in Joshua show us that. Then God chooses a king. After the people wanted one, he shows up there. And even when that falls apart because the hearts of man are weary and idolatrous, he brings his people back to their land. And we see that in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah to be faithful to his people. And this is just a quick reference to the Old Testament. God is faithful. Our hearts may not be. The Spirit of God is, and He is faithful to lead us. Uh, here's a scripture that reminds us, reminds us of this very clearly. 2 Timothy 2.13 describes this well. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny who He is. That is the attitude and disposition that our God takes in being faithful to us. He cannot help but be faithful. And that's the truth. He is faithful to us. We are unfaithful, disloyal, inconsistent. But we're immersed in his faithfulness. And that changes everything. I want you to consider when you came to faith. To think of that starting point for your life. Don't know what that looks like for you. I know what it looks like for me. A 16-year-old kid struggling with lust, more distracted by my wants, needs, and insecurities. And in some ways, I can still get wrapped up in those things. But God is faithful to call me his son all the way through. And even as I've grown older, grown older, I think that the reality is true, right? Uh, God has been faithful in my own life. Um, when I was dabbling in sexual sin relationships, uh, he's been faithful to free me. He's been faithful to care for my heart, from, for our marriage, our marriage with Dahlia. When I have found security in what I can do instead of who he is, he's been faithful to remind me that I'm his son, that I'm cared for over and over again. 
to identify as his son. More recently, where I felt lost uh, in purpose and direction for career and life, he's been faithful to remind me that he's made me with purpose and is committed to my good, even if I don't see it. And he makes me look back and wins my heart over, my vision over, and strengthens me. Uh, last year, as Dolly and I, uh, it was her fourth pregnancy, and, and we lost our baby. Um, it was hard to, it felt lost and felt lost and hurt. And, and in that, God still showed up. But there was still some fear in there. There's still like, e- even now, like as I think of that, felt like the Lord pressed. The best way I can say it is felt like the Lord told us to have a certain amount of kids and kind of led us to that. And in the midst of that, we're thinking like, this is it, Lord. Like we're, we're just humans like everyone else, like. Are we stretching ourselves too much? Is this right? Like, are we coming up with our own ideas? And in the midst of that, pain can really make you question what is true. It doesn't lead you to truth, but it can make you question what is. And in the midst of that, I kind of feel dumb too. We already have three kids. Um, we've got friends that are going through it. One and a half kids, and we're, you better believe we're praying for them as well. But just feel kind of dumb. Like, what do I do with this pain? And God is faithful to show up and meet our hearts. Even, even as uh, some of you already know, Dahlia is pregnant at fifth time, and we're expecting, we know it's going to be a boy according to the pictures they give you, right? <laughs> um, I'd like to tell you that we're just high-fiving and it's like, oh, we're, we're rid of all fear now. That's not the case, you know. There's still fear that's like, what if something goes wrong? What if we've outstretched ourselves too much? Yet God is faithful to be with us. And I stand with this confidence, um, not from myself, but from the Lord, that anyone in here that has called upon his name, You've received and you've seen his faithfulness. There's no doubt in me because just the way that God is love, that God is kind, that God is good, God is faithful. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. For some of you, I've gotten the chance to see that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, I think back when we were in the tent, if you don't know the history of this church, we met in a tent and right now we'd have air coolers blowing through the sides and, and we'd have a little kid stretching out his hands to get all the air. That's all right. We need to feel cool. Um, but that's where we were. And, and I remember we, we got a message from, from Becca and she requested, I don't even remember who had the, who had the text from you, Becca. Remember receiving if, if we'd put out chairs for you and your fam. <laughs> and I've seen you go from, from a back row to be in relationship and serve people. And I admire that and I honor that. This morning, God has been faithful to you and you've been faithful to love and to serve his people. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you for the encouraging notes. 
Thank you for not just being a friend and saying the nice things, but saying the encouraging things and the hard things. Yeah. Uh, Becky, I have had the privilege of seeing you love and care for your mother. Whether it was bringing her to church, you and Marty. Marty gets credit too. <laughs> he gets a star on his shirt. But, um, but really the, the sense of that puts vision in my heart. Puts vision, puts gas in my tank, believing that's the kind of heart that I want to have. Well, I see my parents age as I serve them. I've seen you goodens do the same thing, Jim and Jean. Jim and Jean, how you've honored Jim's parents as they've gone to meet the Lord. That's not given. It's fought for, and you have fought for it. Tyler. I, I got to know Tyler. Uh, we were doing a pack together, and he answered at a football game. That's how I knew he was committed to the Lord. All right, He's going to answer at a football game. Um, <laughs> but he made the conversation really short. <laughs> so I said, hey, uh, your name's Tyler? Yeah. You want to join my pack? Yeah, but can I call you back? I'm at a game. <laughs> and, but I, I've seen you walk in the faithfulness of God, and God be faithful to you. Give your surrender to him. And in response, you've received the blessing of a wife and a son. And what I want to say is keep telling your story. Keep talking about the faithfulness of God. It's what Re Revelation 12 talks about. They overcame the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Keep telling that story of our good God. And... Uh, Mark and Kathleen, I have watched you both honor each other. Well, it was like for the, you guys have done it your whole life, but being close to you probably for the last couple of two, three years, how you battle illness and you double down on each other and on the Lord. Once again, that's not given, it's fought for. It puts courage in my heart, vision from my heart to suffer well, and it matters. I bless you for that and honor that in you guys. And if I had time, or if I didn't care that it was going to be lunchtime, I could keep going. <laughs> but, but in all reality, someone else could say this about you as well, and you could say this about someone else in this room. And if so, I would encourage you to do so. You don't need a mic to say something good. But I, I do believe that what we see when we ponder, when we stand back and look back and look forward is the faithfulness of God. Uh, for us as a church, I want to read this passage that the author of Hebrews encourages the early church. Would you stand with me? I can read this over us. in Hebrews, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all of you owned was taken from you. You accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. 
So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And we just believe that, Lord, and we receive that, Lord. That you would call us faithful. We call you faithful and true. And in response, you're kind enough to call us that as well. You to call us faithful. And that's exactly what we want to do and we want to be, Lord. Would you strengthen us? Would you awaken our spirits? Would you break bondage and distraction and engagement with things that we shouldn't be in, Lord? So that our eyes may be fixed on you, Lord. As we uh, take communion and as Chris leads us in worship, I would encourage you um, to recommit your faith wherever you feel it's necessary. There were some questions I had. um, Where have I lost faith? That's where you're at. Am I being disloyal or loyal to what God has called me to and has asked of me in this season? And, And one more that I wanted to add there is do I believe he is faithful? Maybe we're not even far enough to see, like, man, how am I doing? Maybe we're at just, like, do I take him at his word? And I would encourage you to to wrestle with that. Yeah, there will be a prayer team up here if uh, you'd like to receive prayer, faith, and for just get a clear vision for what God's cooking up in your life. We'd love to stand with you.